Growing up, Anne was a runaway, drug addict, and a victim of sexual abuse. But you helped her become a godly wife and mother. So focus on the family was like manna to me every day. I needed guidance, and I know that my life has changed because of focus on the family. I'm Jim Daly. Share the gift of family to help more people like Anne. Visit focusonthefamily.ca or call 800-A-FAMILY. Now, there's nothing like the sounds and the smells of a home-cooked meal. And boy, there have been a lot of those lately, haven't there? This is Focus on the Family with your host, Jim Daly. And today we're going to be sharing a unique cooking method, once-a-week cooking. It's designed to make meals at home more simple and budget-friendly, especially during this unique season in life. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Hey, John, along with those uh, meals, the multiple meals we're now cooking at home, have you noticed the dishes are piling oh, up? Oh, golly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is your dishwasher going like 24-7? At, at least a couple times a day, it seems. It's crazy, but it seems to be, yeah, we uh, look at the dishes and we're going, man, did we use all those things to live today? Yeah. It's it's nuts. Um, but we want to talk about this. It's going to be in a fun context, obviously, but... Uh, you know, once a month cooking has been a tremendous hit over the years, probably the last two or three decades. And our guests brought that thinking to our audience many years ago. And we thought it'd be a good time to refresh that content, talk about once a week cooking, because once a month may not be the way to get it done right now when you don't have a lot of wheat or flour or eggs at the same time. And uh, it is great to have them back. And I'm pleased that Gene is able to join us today. I thought this is the perfect program where Gene could uh, come in and ask some questions and probably contribute some ideas too. So Gene, welcome. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm excited to get some recipes. Well, I know we're going to be getting some great ideas today from Mary Beth Lagerberg and Mimi Wilson, who created this once-a-month cooking method, as Jim said. Uh, We do have their book, the once-a-month cooking book, uh, in stock here at Focus on the Family. It's so helpful. Uh, Get your copy at focusonthefamily.ca. There's no bigger plug than you need diversity in your meal planning right now. (laughs) So I think we could just stop now, order the book, because you're going to love it. Thanks for joining us at Focus on the Family. (laughs) That's the end of the Now, we're going to get into this because... uh, it is important. Mary Beth and Mimi, welcome back to Focus. Good to have you. Thank you. And of course, Jean, welcome again. Um, during this pandemic time, what do you think about this need for a little bit of diversity in your meal planning? What are you seeing uh, when you're kind of sheltered in place? People are getting a little desperate, right? Can we have chicken again? <laughs> it's true. Well, yeah, we all have to eat. and <laughs> We have to eat at home. I mean, uh, yeah, it's been kind yeah. Of fun, the actually. pressure's on. For the need for variety. Yeah. Yeah. And so going to the once once a week thing, if you have some tricks in your freezer, uh, that's helpful because you have to think of something every day, every day, every day. Now, some husbands might say, tricks in your freezer doesn't sound very appetizing. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a little scary. But what are you getting at when there's stuff in the freezer? Well, when there's stuff in the freezer that you've been intentional about, that you've prepared ahead, then you really can use more variety because you're not falling back on pizza and tacos and mac and cheese and the things that typically are your go-tos. And John said at the beginning, uh, you two are well-known for that once-a-month cooking. Let's get into some of that, Mary Beth, the practical nature of it. Um, 
I, I can imagine. And, you know, those chores now are divided much more than they used to be in the last generation. Uh, so guys, too, lean into what can I cook for dinner. I get that, everybody. And if you're helping out in the kitchen, that's great. Um, but for either that woman who's trying to think at 9 o'clock in the morning, what can I do? Sometimes that's just perplexing. And it used to be, I'm sure, well, let's just eat out tonight. Let's yeah. call up somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's pick something up. Mm-hmm. More and more restaurants are able to do that now. But why is that a bad idea all the time? I can think of the pocketbook being one good reason. Yeah, the pocketbook is a big reason and a big reason for a lot of people right now because you do pay more eating out. Of course, back in the day when you were eating out in a restaurant and also paying a tip, you're really paying more. But it just does cost more to eat the same food that you've ordered from somewhere as that you bought in a grocery store. I think... We're going to look back and find this having been an interesting time in realizing our budget and what we can live on if we're only paying for what we have to. We're not going out and shopping and, you know, entertainment and all that, but down to the basics and getting the food budget down to the basics, I think it would be interesting. Right, and I would think you probably did some analysis even on the back of an envelope when someone goes out to dinner, you know, for a family of four, that could be fifty, sixty, seventy dollars if you're picking well, it up it at can a restaurant. Be back when we did research this, it was about sixty percent more. Sixty percent more. The same meal or yeah. a comparable meal out. But in sure. that context, what you're paying for is the ease of just picking it up and eating it, right? That's true. That's and very, the variety. That's I very appealing. Yes. And the taste, yes. probably. It probably tastes pretty <laughs> yes. good. Restaurants yeah. are probably a little better at making that taste yes. good. Don't ask how much salt was used. Yes. But uh, that is what you're paying for, in essence. So in the shelter-in-place environment, and you guys are now promoting uh, a once-a-week cooking methodology, how do you go about doing that? What are the mechanics of once-a-week cooking? Organization. Yeah, that's a fearful word, organization. (laughs) But to be organized enough to go to the store once a week. Once a week. Once a week. So get your stuff. And come back and put it together. Take your list, Mm -hmm. go once a week, buy the stuff, and probably cook the next day rather than the same day. I mean, you can do it. You can come home and do it. It's kind of an energy thing, though. You might want to do it the next day, and it might take you the whole morning and uh, maybe four hours, maybe three hours if you have a spouse or a child or someone helping you. I mean, that's the ultimate. That's really great. Do you have to pay them to help (laughs) you? Well, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I like that. Hey, five bucks to do the shopping with me. I love that. Let me me ask this question kind of through Jean to get her validation of this. Does this make that even more intimidating, that somehow I'm going to get organized enough to go shopping for once a week and put all those meals together in a day? That sounds like it could become a bit of a mountain for someone who isn't that organized. Well, yes, absolutely. And that's why we need to hear from you, Mary Beth and Mimi, as to how you get organized. How do you make that shopping list? How do you even do that? For the week. You take the list that's provided. I think Focus is going to provide a one-week cycle, as I understand Well, thanks it. to you. We're going yes, to put that yes, on the yes. website, I think, John. And We've got you, the PDF, yep. Yep. 
but the beauty of it is that you, it takes you step by step by step. You don't have to yourself be a very organized person or a confident cook. You just follow the directions. Here's your list. Here's a list of things that you need to have on hand in your pantry, you know, salt, flour, whatever. Make sure you have these things. If you don't, add them to your grocery list, go get the list, and then it takes you step by step through the recipes so that you're doing similar processes at once. You're going to cook all the chicken you have to cook at once. The ground beef you'll brown at once, that sort of thing. So it really is a take you by the hand and step by step. Let me touch on something else before we kind of get into more of the nuts and bolts of doing this, this financial strain. I mean, we have something like 30 million people or over 30 million people now on unemployment. Uh, Over the decades that you have been doing this in the once a month cooking context, um, how do you address that special situation where money's super tight Is there anything you need to know about that shopping list that you need to do a little differently or the way you prepare meals a little differently when money's tight? We were talking about this cycle, uh, looking at it and thinking it does use cuts of meat that perhaps people might find a little difficult and you might need to look at it and make some adaptations, you know, that cuts of beef and that sort of thing with the price of meat going up. And you might want to modify that a little bit. Personally, having raised three little boys, I would go to the grocery store alone when I really needed to economize because kids see things they want. And you have the struggle of do I need to say no, 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 you know, uh, how do I explain we can't afford this or whatever. But if you're really trying to economize, I think it helps to take a well-prepared list and go by yourself. Mary Beth and Mimi, I feel like I am cycling through the same recipes over and over. How can we add variety to our meals at home? Oh, that's a good question. I like that question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we always have kept an eye on the ingredients that they're not too expensive. And we will not use an ingredient if that's the only time you're going to use that particular spice. And I always say I have a lady in mind. She's a single mom in Nevada. I don't have any idea who she is, but Mm. I always write recipes for her. That's great. So I will make sure that that they're affordable, that they're kid-friendly, and that it doesn't take a long time to put together. And someday I'd like to meet this unbelievable (laughs) lady. That's wonderful. I think um, it helps if you're, let's say that you're planning a grocery store list for once a week. And uh, if you look at it with the intention of, using a main ingredient that you might have leftovers from in a different way another day. For example, if you're, let's say you're having ham and sweet potatoes one evening. Okay. If you plan to have um, split pea soup another evening, you know, you use maybe the ham bone or some little pieces of ham you have left over in the split peas, which are going to be inexpensive. But if you look at each day a couple of ways each uh, protein, each main ingredient, the use a couple of different ways and plan for that, 
you're going to end up with more variety. Okay, so you can get two or three or four meals out of the same core thing. Right. I like that. That's good. Hey, um, another challenge I think a lot of, and again, I'll just, I don't mean to stereotype, but a lot of women are going to face, and I get it, and a lot of men are helping out in the Mm -hmm. kitchen, and that's great. I get that. I know that. I try to. I don't know that I do a good job. Let's not ask that question. (laughs) Um, But certainly this is universal, that feeling of being unappreciated by their spouse and their kids. I mean, whoever is that main cook, assuming, let's say it's mom, because most of the time it's going to be mom. Um, how, how do you manage just that underappreciated? I mean, I always think of Gene when we do Thanksgiving at our house, you know, have 12 people over, something like that. And she takes all day. I mean, we usually have that meal at about two in the afternoon. She's been working it. I might have watched one, maybe two football games already. <laughs> and she said, you know, can you do this? Yeah, just a minute. I got to watch this last play. I can only imagine what you're thinking. Are you serious? And uh, and then we sit down to this meal and it's grand. It's beautiful. And we say a great prayer and thank the Lord for this. And then all you hear is, <laughs> and like 10 minutes later, we all look up and go, man, what kind of pie are we going to have? What does that feel like? Well, <laughs> no, I do. I, I mean, really, I feel like the Lord taught me something through Thanksgiving because I was spending all this time making a grand dinner, and it was for, we always host Jim's family. The children were young. Jim was out playing football in the morning, and I was tradition. taking care of the young children and preparing the meal, and I was resenting that, mm-hmm. and I was not enjoying myself, mm-hmm. and I was so worried about everything being hot and served warm at the same time, and I was homemaking rolls, and do- and you know what? I realized, and really, the Lord taught me a lesson through this, because I was I was angry one, one Thanksgiving, and I'm sure no one noticed that, but I was, and I felt the Lord saying to me that... The people mm-hmm. are what are important. And, and yes, good food is nice, but if you're serving it with a, you know, with an angry heart, then the food isn't going to taste good. And mm-hmm. I realized I didn't have to make those rolls. I could go to the grocery store and buy really yummy rolls and... And I pared down just the basics mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving and began to enjoy the process and enjoy enjoy the day and enjoy what I did make. And the Lord really, really taught me how to enjoy the people. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Insurance is all about convenience and claim service. Hi, this is Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. At Deeks, this means in case of an accident or loss, the last thing you should worry about is reaching your insurance broker. Our insurance partners offer 24-7 claim service to get you the help you need anytime, day or night. As your broker, we will be there to help guide you through the claims process. To learn more about our claim service or our home and auto insurance products, you can visit us at deeksinsurance.ca. 
Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. FocusOnTheFamily.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Mimi, you have a a story about wanting to leave a heritage of gratefulness in your family. What is it? Let me tell you, I I had a a similar uh aha story. Cal came home. He was in medical school. He came home and he said, let's go to get pizza. And I said, where are you going to go to get pizza? And he said, a place that was close. And I said, but their crusts are too thin. (laughs) And I could see all my kids. They were all excited. And then they wouldn't have noticed the crust if I hadn't pointed it out. (laughs) And that so impacted me because the kids all had like, like a damper on their enthusiasm. Oh, interesting. And I had trained them how to fuss sophisticatedly. Oh, wow. Because they would never have picked up the crust idea. That so taught me. I thought, Lord, I want to be the kind of mom that shows them the good of our God, the graciousness of God. And it's one at a time. What comes out of our mouth forms the kids' thinking. And they fussed about the crust. Because I had taught them sophisticatedly how to do that. And I thought, I'm, I must change my way of thinking and look for the goodness of God in everything. And so that changed it right there. Mm. Well, and I really, I really experienced that during this pandemic. And because I put what you are teaching in practice. Yes. Because I had to only go to the grocery store every seven to ten days. I felt I had to be organized. So I made a plan for all the meals. I wrote down the ingredients I had. And I knew I needed to use the hamburger that was in the refrigerator and not frozen. You know, I knew I needed to use that within a few days. And it really revolutionized my cooking. I think our oldest son had moved back in with us during uh, the COVID pandemic. And I felt like I was really providing a service mm-hmm. for my family. And because it was more organized, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, since most uh, sit-down restaurants are still closed, uh, what are some ways to make meals at home with your immediate family, a little more like a special outing? 
I love that part. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, I always have a centerpiece. I always have something on the table to talk about. Huh. And it can be Legos. It can be the latest project, art project. But there's always something on the table to focus. That's interesting, right? So how does that go? You put a Lego. Do you make it, or is this no, something this you get from the kids? No, this is something they've made. Okay, yeah. something the kids have made. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's on the table. And now I do have flowers every chance I get, but yeah, not every chance do I get it. Um, and then I put under the dining room plate a question, and we call it table talk. Uh-huh. And what we say in our family is everybody has a treasure inside of them. We just have to ask the right questions to figure out what it is. That's good. Oh, that's beautiful. What would give us an example of what that that note card would look like under the under well, the plate? Well, it really depends on the guests. Um, we have a lot of internationals, and so it depends on. Uh, tell us about your f- first grade teacher. Well, they they are so excited to tell you because no one's ever asked. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And my first grade teacher is Mrs. Crabapple, and I think her last name says it all. <laughs> she was the most difficult teacher I ever experienced. But anyway, but that's a beautiful way to do it. How about just between you and the kids and your husband when I it was have, just you? I have it. What, what would be a question that you well, would Well, uh, one of them would be, what is the coziest room in our house? Oh, wow. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, or um, what is your un- most unfavored chore <laughs> that question's well, a little intimidating good. yeah what's um, your your least liked chore yeah what is your favorite childhood book yeah but it is the funnest thing to watch the kids come unglued when they're young and they get asked a question they sit up with their little bodies and they try to answer it and it is the cutest thing so they may not even answer it right but the fact that they're trying yeah is the issue You know, there's research that's shown that children who are used to table conversation are more at ease and do better expressing their opinions in a classroom setting or in a group of people or with adults. It's just a very good exercise. Not only do you learn things about your own kids and your own grandkids, uh, but it's a good exercise for them. To know, oh, I have something important to say, and I'm going to express it here. And we've talked, and we always have the rule, you don't cut down someone else's answer. I mean, there's no yes, no right or wrong answer right. to these things. Right. They can say whatever they think, whatever their least favorite chore is, they can say that, and it's okay. As long as it's not raking the pine needles. That can't be your least favorite chore, because I need that done like right now. <laughs> no, that's really good advice. It is. That and is. Uh, this is in addition to the wonderful idea of once a month, once a week cooking, which you guys have put together. Let, let's end in this place, because I think it's a beautiful expression of Christian love. And that is when you're organized in this way, even if you're not that organized person, this system helps you get organized. That's what you were talking about, Jane. You know the ingredients. You know what you need to get. You prepare it once a week. And one of the benefits that I noted in your book was being able to quickly give a meal to someone who needs one. And again, thinking of this pandemic crisis that we're in as we begin to be able to drop a meal over at someone's house Mm -hmm. who may be struggling a bit more, speak to that gift of being able to give the gift of a meal in a way that it's not too much of a burden for you because it's already done. There, That is so true. And you learn to love those times when you are being called to give in that manner. Um, but 
what we have found is that when you do prepare ahead, I like to prepare food that I'm going to give away. I put it in a certain part of my freezer, and I make sure that it smells good while it's cooking. Because the smell of a food cooking is very therapeutic. Interesting. And so I want to make sure that the meal I'm giving is going to be therapeutic for them. What a detail. Oh, that's so thoughtful. Their house will, will smell good. So what, I'm just curious, what do you think is your number one smell good therapeutic meal? It's chicken, one can of cranberry, and one package of onion soup. Wow. That's it. I can do that. You can do that tonight. <laughs> That'll bring the aroma. It's fa- so I won't cook that ahead for anybody. I want them to have the, the benefit of the smell of their in their house. Yeah, fantastic. And I will suggest it to them. I said, don't don't start the cooking until everybody's home, because you don't want it to be done, and the, the smell gone. It's a, it's a freebie that our God gave us. Yeah. Let me let's end here. Um, you know, we've had some fun talking about this. It's in a serious context with the pandemic and all that. But how to kind of summarize this, you know, get the ingredients that you need to get, try to plan ahead, set one day aside a week to cook these meals, make sure you have the containers to throw them in your freezer, etc. Makes the rest of the week really easy. Mm-hmm. You, you know by 9 o'clock in the morning what you're going to cook that night. That makes the day a little nicer for you. I want to give you each a shot just to say, okay, I'm still that unorganized person. I've heard what you've said, but it's kind of like weight loss. I know what I should do, but I struggle doing it because those potato chips are so good. Um, Give me your last shot at why this is the best way to do this. Mary Beth. I think it releases a lot of anxiety. I think that if you are that person who's not a real confident cook, you do have a lot of anxiety. If you have a family at home and they have to eat every day, your stress level has got to be really high. And this is something that would relieve some of that. Take baby steps. You know, maybe do two-day cooking or four-day cooking or whatever. Take a part of that and just try it. I'd say take baby steps and try it for your own sake. Yeah, that's good. It'll make you feel better. And that probably turns into great uh, behavior, better, happier person, right? Right. Right. Mimi? I would say that you will start seeing the benefit financially of having it done ahead because there's not impulse buying. You have it all figured out. So by cooking the method, you save. Think of that. I mean, those are two great uh, attributes. Mm -hmm. You relieve stress in your life, and you save more money. I mean, that should be motivating to everyone. Uh, Mimi and Mary Beth, thank you so much for being with us. This has been great to reconnect, and I just love your spirit, your joy, and thank you, uh, Gene, for being with us. I really, My really pleasure, appreciate that. and I did just get some recipes. Yeah, what's for dinner tonight? I'm just curious. Don't <laughs> one, answer that. One of their meals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. But listen, thank you again. And to the listeners, uh, go to our website and download the free uh, once-a-week cooking meal plans. Uh, thanks to these women. They have been willing to do that, and uh, that's very gracious of you. Thank you for providing that. And I highly recommend you get a copy of Mimi and Mary Beth's wonderful book, Once a Month Cooking, Family Favorites, and we'll have that available as well. Right, John? We will, Jim. And uh, let me just say about this Once a Week Cooking menu, um, it's got everything. It tells you the, the whole week's worth of meals. It gives you the various things you need to buy in terms of how many you know canned beans and uh, how much grain and, and pasta and rice, dairy, produce, uh, all the all the different things. So it really will be very helpful. That's free. That's online. And then 
uh, that book, Once a Month Cooking, uh, when we kind of come out of this season, you can probably uh, do a little more batch cooking, uh, a little easier. And uh, so, so get this book and adapt it and then get the once a week menu, all of that, at focusonthefamily.ca or call us 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. Well, I hope you have a great weekend with your family and friends and church community. And then do plan to join us on Monday as Stephen James describes what kids really need from their parents. The number one thing they need us to do is keep growing as people. Right, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Yep. We, we need to keep growing as parents. And when we have struggles in our family, that is the invitation for us to keep growing. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.